Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The following program, Flame On, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Flame On. I am Brian, and I am here today with all of us, except Jeff. Jeff's not here, but going around, uh, Pat's here. What up? Jared. Bonjour. Oral. I was on time. Uh, ish. For this podcast, Oh, I that's was. true. That's a good point. And BJ. <laughs> I brought donuts. He did. And I brought grapes that everybody says are awful, so... They're yes. frostbitten. You left yes. them in there for two I weeks. am everybody. Thank you. Because you placed them you, in Brian. cryosleep for two and a half centuries. Is this why we can't have nice cryosleep things? This is why you will never survive on a generation ship. Like, you just... <laughs> you thawed them too fast. Did anybody... So we were talking about this today. Uh, Umberto brought this up, our friend Umberto. Do you guys remember a show from the 70s about a generational starship that somehow involved Harlan Ellison? I know, I know we never watched that when it aired. We're not that old. Do you remember the title of it? Star Lost? Nope. Well, never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, no. I'm Go on blank. YouTube, and evidently you can watch some of the episodes, and it is interesting. I just had no idea about it, and I like Generational Starships, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the conceit. It even has the whole, like, and I know another author did this later, uh, the control system of the ship is the deity that the people worship because they've lost that. Or I think in one of the things I read, it was actually intended that way, but in this, they've just forgotten. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, random sci-fi thing. So we're, uh, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot going on right yes. now, at least in our, in our pop culture space. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world, but... Uh, Still waiting for premieres. It's, uh, it's off-season. It's off-season, yeah. um, but we're, we're, we're busy. We're doing fun things, and uh, hopefully you've been enjoying the RuPaul... Uh, drag Race uh, Rucaps for the All-Stars Season 2 uh, that Pat and Oral have been doing. If you have not noticed that, it is in the feed. In fact, if you just go back one or I'd probably go forward one, you'll see them. Uh, but they have been really fun. And so please check that out if you're not getting enough of us and you want more RuPaul Drag Race in your life. Um, 
we are going to start today with a very important Apple, and I mean the company, related news item. And it's on the agenda. It really doesn't fall under in our normal categories, but I do want to talk about it because I have opinions. And I think somebody in here... want to talk about the tech? A the little tech bit. Yeah, we've, we've yeah. every now and again we've dropped tech in here. And I'm sure someone in this group is going to disagree with this. But, of course, we are talking about the internet sensation that is uh, the missing audio jack on the Apple iPhone 7. Now, already I can tell Oral thinks this is not really that exciting. Or what? You, you had, I saw the eyes. I no, saw go the roll. No, no, I, no, that's it. That's literally it. They put out a new phone. They don't have an audio jack, so you can't plug in your traditional headphones. They have a way, uh, they call them the uh, AirPods, I think. There's AirPods, which are the new headphones. They're wireless headphones. They're itty bitty, super tiny. But not even that. It comes with a dongle. But I was about to say that. Yeah. It comes with, with a dongle. dongle. It comes I come with, with earphones still in the box. But you have to attach what looks like a maybe three-quarter inch attachment to your phone to then plug in your headphones. So as um, my friend Harrison pointed out, it'll look like he's pulling a transformer out of his pocket when he has to take his phone out. Mm -hmm. It's true. Now, I guess the, the question really is, is Apple convincing society by doing this that the days of the headphones, the earbuds, if you will... Are, are, are limited, at least in this traditional wired sense, and is this going to stick? I guess that's the interesting part to me. I mean, if you're... To me, it's like, hey, everyone, Nikola, Nikola Tesla here. I've got this really cool thing that I've created. It's a cage, and I'm going to do some really awesome things. You just have to bear with... Nope, going with Edison. All right. And, like, that's that's the way it is. Like, yeah. everyone uses their headphone jacks reports, like... Now, Bluetooth speakers are coming, yes. Really, what you should have started with, and I'm going to override this conversation <laughs> with. Oh, God. So, what? it's Star Trek's 50th anniversary. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. And, oh, I know where you're going. Yes. I know and where you're going. I, I saw it in uh, Previews Magazine because, you know, that's where people can order comic books and, like, memorabilia from mm. or, like, shops can or whatever. Of course. I saw something that I have to have. And so, for the 50th anniversary, they're coming out with a with a Star Trek The Next Generation communicator badge that doubles as a Bluetooth speaker. Yes. And receiver. And you can, talk you can um, answer and end phone calls. You can pause and play music. And you can activate, like, Siri and then Siri's Google How Android equivalent. Me? One touch. Moist. It's one touch. You say, like, pause, no, play, No, you whatever. literally, no, it's you, one touch. You if do you're what playing they, music. Yeah, you do what like, they did in the show. Oh, I yeah. got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. And you okay. tap it. It's awesome because, It one, makes the noise. It makes it chirps. Of course. Two, it is the future. The future is here. The future is now. It is $80. Which is far cheaper than... That's half the cost of the AirPods. Yes. It's something that I want. I'm not going to... I'm not going to switch to AirPods. AirPods, to me, don't really make a lot of sense. I mean, like, I, I, I take that back. They do, but at the price point of $150, where they're... I don't think they're noise-canceling. Like, they're just wireless... They earbuds? look like traditional mm -hmm. earplugs ear or earpods. I, yeah. I can't justify it. Headphones with just a little bit of a, a dongle, a little that, that comes down your ear, and I think that's partly for the receiver. No. But the, here's my problem with this, and I've always had a problem with Apple for doing it this. They have these proprietary standards that they put out 
this is not Bluetooth. It's their own thing. It's on their own chip, and no prior device will support it. You have to buy new devices to support it. Yep. Now, I get yeah. it, and one of my favorite companies in the world, Nintendo, have done this for years, and I do absolutely have a double standard because I let them get away with it. I know it. you do. That's because it's a small little gaming thing and not the technology I use all the a damn time. A small little gaming thing? Well, not small, thing? but it's relegated to gaming. Nintendo's really never gotten around to stick as far as like the home PC for everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's a game. It's a game console. So who cares if we do their proprietary bullshit? Apple is putting out the cell phone, which a lot of people have, and it still supports Bluetooth, which is fine. But the fact that you can't take how many of your little uh, quarter or eighth inch jack earplugs do you have? Earplugs? Why are you saying earplugs? So many. So many little earbuds hanging around, one in your car, one in your backpack, one in your, several in your drawers. Like, and you're just going to make that obsolete. That's my problem. And again, technology moves forward. Things eventually get replaced. I just, eh, I don't but like it. But the thing with that is this is something that's been around for 100 years that hasn't needed to be changed because it still works. It does its function flawlessly. There is no issue with the jack itself. If Apple had done this and the whole quote-unquote reason that they kept on talking about before the 7 was announced was if they remove that jack, they can open up space to do more or shrink the profile of the phone. You got none of that. You got a second speaker which you don't need to remove the jack for because other phones on the Android ecosystem have done that. They say that with removing it, it you can now make it water resistant. I won't say waterproof because it actually has a less, uh, less of an ability to be underwater than the Galaxy S7, uh, 30 minutes versus 60 minutes. You've done nothing with removing this headphone jack to advance your technology. You've done it to be different. The same, it was kind of the same way when they did the lightning port. You removed this, or you changed this adapter on your phones to move forward to potentially have something that you can do that it just, there is no, it does, it's really hard to see what the benefit is right now. Maybe in three, five years, they'll do something that will necessitate or show that this was worth it, but I don't think it's going to change the world's ecosystem. This isn't like when Apple as a company moved away from floppy disks and, you know, the five and a quarter and the three and a halves that didn't have the space capacity to hold that data that we needed and moved to CD-ROMs. Like, there, there are things that they've done that have been great and have moved technology forward. I don't see this as being one of those. And the funny part is, this isn't an Android versus iPhone like thing, because you're seeing iPhone users, you're seeing Apple fanboys that are divided and fighting with each other about this because it's a matter of, well, how do I play it through my car and charge it at the same time? Mm -hmm. And then you have to have companies like Belkin who have created adapters. Yeah. Apple hasn't put these things out. Like that should have been part of their launch line. We know that people still need the aux input to play through their car. Oh, you're going to be on a road trip? You're going to need to charge your phone while you're listening to it in the car. Here's a splitter. Here's what you need. Not just here's a dongle, so you're plugging it into your, into your lightning port, but now you can't charge it. But you got companies like Belkin that step up, and for $40, you can now do these things that you should be able to do regardless. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen the plug? It's called Apple. Well, it's appleplugs.com, and it's the plug. 
And it literally is the little mini jack part of a mini jack cable that you just can upgrade any prior Apple or Android phone to this new awesome standard. It's a joke. It does not do <laughs> shit, but it is hilarious. And they've produced this great website that sells it like Apple would typically sell a product. Dude, so can you actually buy it? No. Are they actually? Fake, oh, fake boo. See, I mean, like, I don't want to say no so cavalierly, but like if they sold that, you know they're getting sued because people are going to think. I'm still buying the TNG communicator badge. Well, no. <laughs> Haven't we moved on? Yeah, let's get back to Star Trek because you're right. 50th yeah. anniversary is a huge deal. When Doctor Who turns 50, what was it, a couple years ago? Mm. Obviously, mm. I, it was huge for a Doctor Who fan. Star Trek, great they're doing some exciting new stuff coming up with Discovery. That mm. communicator badge, I'm even tempted. And I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan, but I'm a Star Trek fan. I didn't know it was 80 bucks, so now that's I'm, a little I'm, on the, eh, I'm full in. $80? I, I, oh, you I, think that's cheap? Yeah, that I thought it would have been 150 bucks. For the future, Brian. $80 for the future? When you buy $8,000 worth of Lego shit? <gasps> Don't give me that. That is a valid point. I like old school. Anyway, no, I, I, it is cool. I'm... Here's my only Lego thing. dimensions at that. Not even just Legos. Like $80 million in Lego dimension stuff on top of the $80 million yeah. in regular Legos. It, here's my thing. I, I don't know if I could wear, wear it walking around. I can. I know you can, BJ. Um, you uh, can. Yeah. I don't. As much as I am comfortable with my nerdiness and oh. my geekdom and all that, it's like walking around wearing a fez. I have a hard time doing that. But you do it all the time. I not. I've seen you at So Publix. many pictures. So that many pictures. For a cosplay. Now, mm. for a cosplay, it's perfect. But just walking around your day-to-day life, you, Oral, I totally think that's appropriate. I, BJ, I don't know. Does, do they let you wear stuff like that? I mean, most most of the people I work with are old people, so they wouldn't even know. They wouldn't even see it on my shirt, let alone know what I was doing. They would think I was doing a bit while I was talking to somebody on the phone, so I'd, I'd get away with it just fine. All right, all right. I mean, it's cool. I'm glad it exists. The question is, would I ever wear it? So, uh, any other Star Trek 50th stuff? I know I, we saw, I don't think we talked about it, but we finally saw the new Star Trek. Yeah, yeah we uh, talked about it. You, so, we talked about it as a group. I still haven't seen it. And well, Pat and I went and saw it <laughs> um, like a week or two ago. So, we finally caught up, and uh, it was good. I think I would en- enjoy what we had said previously that it was pretty good. Um, Facebook did a little really cute thing where they changed all the different. Uh, um, uh, reaction emojis to uh-huh. Star Trek. Did they characters. really? Oh, that's Although, look, Jordy was the sad one, and that made me that made me sad. Mm-hmm. I didn't want Jordy to be the sad one. Yeah, he's kind of kind of sad. No. Um, so yeah, I'm most excited about Discovery because that show, being helmed by Brian Fuller, who's one of my favorite mm-hmm. television creators, given that he is a Star Trek, like I think he started his career writing for DS9. And then has made such amazing shows like Pushing Daisies and Hannibal, yep. and then American Gods coming out next year. Like I can't wait to see what he does with Star Trek. You know, I think that's going to be brilliant. And friend of the show and someone we interviewed years ago, Rod Roddenberry is an executive producer. So I think that's a perfect uh, pedigree to put in your show. And I don't know how involved he is, but you know, if he is able to translate his father's vision, given everything he's seen and been through in the interim time. I think that'll be kind of interesting. So, if the network doesn't fuck it up with well, and however that's their where, weird release schedule is, well, so they're already doing some weird shit. You know about the whole CBS All Access thing, right? Yes. So the first episode will be on CBS, and then all the subsequent episodes will be on their digital like subscriber uh, service. Meh. So yeah, and I don't know how that's gonna work, but Meh. 
I mean, I want to see it, so. I mean, yeah. I might have to, you know. And that's probably what they're banking on. And so, I'll, I'll wait for you to get it. Yeah, and really. I will come over and watch it with you. Oh, there we go. So we'll do a little thing when that comes out. Now, uh, none of us went to Dragon Con. That is sad, but the reality. Uh, our friend Dan Williams went to Dragon Con, though, uh, among others. And if you go on our Facebook feed, Dan, uh, we shared some of Dan's uh, awesome adventures and some of his awesome cosplay. Did you guys see his um, Atlantis cosplay he did at the aquarium? Yes. Yes, the group was pretty uh, pretty astounding. Oh, my gosh. Like, I mean, he had a lot of great outfits, and he was with some really cool people who did some also amazing things. But uh, I also want to give an honorable mention. Not an honorable mention. One of my coworkers went as, uh, who's the character from Stranger Things? That the, the mom, what's her name? Alice? Joyce? Joyce. 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 So he was the wall. So he was holding up like a wall with the uh, Christmas lights. And then his fiance, I think she's fiance, uh, was Joyce with a lamp and reacting to the wall. It was fantastic. And he was like putting his face again, like through it. Yep. If you go online and you look for cosplay from Dragon Con for Stranger Things, it'll show up. It's gotten around everywhere. My uh, my friend uh, Joe Salas went as Eleven. And uh, wait, the one that's also going around because there was one I saw that looked amazing. Uh, older, like a, a yeah, guy yeah, yeah. with a beard. Yep, yep. yep. yeah. Okay, that's cool. probably him. That's yeah. awesome. Speaking oh, of strange, right, yeah. speaking of Stranger Things, can I just say that my two favorite memes that have come out of speaking of Joyce Breyer actually is the the meme where it's like you can't even return a text. But Joyce Breyer's son could communicate with her through Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a picture of Joyce Breyer holding a bunch of lit up Christmas lights. <laughs> and it's just got a little like talking line coming out of the lights going, new lights, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that in. Those are good memes. No, um, so yeah, the, the Dragon Con stuff is all up there if you want to check it out. One of these years we'll get back there. It looks like so much fun. Although I think we decided we want to be invited. If anyone is listening and they want to invite us to come out and go to one of the parties, if there's like a VIP area where we can watch the party from above and maybe drink bottle service, that would be great. And we would be happy to come up to Atlanta to do that. I do What? <laughs> Brian. I don't, don't want to be down in the crazy. I want to be up observing. I don't even crazy. know of anywhere where there's a party Brian. that's like not crammed there, in the corner of a room. There are no amount of blowjobs that you need to give in order to get that kind of. <laughs> there, like, I think that's a challenge. And uh, no, I I really would. Uh, the blowjobs are the VIP part. I guess both. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Who's sucking dick to get into a VIP area, of Dragon Con? I'm Long just. Years? I'm just saying. Brian's asking for unreasonable expectations. Well, the I'm best VIP saying. you're going to get is maybe we can get you behind Neon's DJ booth at the Spectrum party. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe. That's almost, that's okay. There's no bottle service there, but, you know. I don't, Dragon Con's party have, have bottle service. This is the VIP area we're talking like, about, though. Like, sw- so you mean Swinging Richards? Is that what you're talking about? Okay, yes. let's, let's, uh, let's skip this fantasy. Oh, fine. <laughs> You guys are no fun. All right, so movies. Did anybody see Kubo and the Two Strings? I have no. not. We all want to see it, uh, I think. I have not. Uh, where, where was the last movie I saw? Oh. Nothing. Sausage Party. I take That's that. right. I still want to see that. BJ, did you see it? I did. Okay. It was... I went... So it's weird because I, for whatever reason, I didn't even think that it was Claymation. Just It just kind of left my head. Compute. It's no, it's going the, yeah. the they do still do the traditional. Yeah, the, it's, it's the same people that did Coraline yeah. and Fox uh, Trolls, yeah. Paranorman, Clay, and Paranorman. It, yeah. It's not just Clay, I should say. Well, yeah. it's Clay plus compositing plus. So the, the interesting yeah. thing is they 
these movies are very production intensive. They usually yeah. take like three to like four, a, five, like five years or so of uh, of um, just hell, just taking pictures alone of the character. Right. Um, what they did is they 3D printed the faces of all the characters in various emotions, and they were just clip-ons. So that apparently saved them like almost two years of production just by 3D printing most of the character parts. So the characters themselves are are claymation. Uh, some of the backgrounds are claymation. A good majority of the backgrounds computer-generated, and a lot of the effects are computer-generated. Um, but it's... It's pretty fantastic. It's since nobody's seen it, I won't really talk a big bit, bit about the plot. But I mean, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. Um, it, I, I liked Box Trolls. It was cute. I Paranorman's really kind of my realm of of uh, cinema. Uh, it's right up there with Paranorman for me. Yeah. It was absolutely fantastic. So well, I want to see it eventually, but I have not. I kind of will. What's another? What's another one of their movies? One of their first ones. I think it was Coraline. Coraline. That's, yeah. So that's probably the only one I've actually seen of theirs, and it was great. That I one was it. great too. But I also love the source material. So, um, so yeah, movie news. Uh, big announcement about the DC Batman solo movie. Uh, evidently, Deathstroke is the villain, which I think we kind of knew maybe a week or two ago. But they announced who's playing Deathstroke. It's the guy from True Blood. Mm. It's the most amazingly attractive guy. Come on, let, let's see. Blood. Let's see who can actually say his name right. Joe Manganiello. Nope. Shit. Joe Manganiello. Closer. It's Manganiello. 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 Yes. Oh, that's right. Who's married to Sofia Vergara? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how you say her name? I don't know. <laughs> Sofia Vergara. Vergara. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, one you know, that the one Roxy yeah. Andrews couldn't yep, pull, yep, pull yep. off, yep. so she changed to Alaska. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that. Um, so, so he's pretty damn attractive. I don't know that I love him as Deathstroke, but I really don't have a huge relationship as far as that character goes. Like, I don't, I just don't think about it. Slade Wilson, right? So I just don't, I don't know. Oral, do you have a reaction? Or you no, just kinda, no, just. No. Everyone's gonna be super excited just to be let down again. So <gasps> that is but valid now. Point. Jeff Johns has said this is gonna change everything. Like Batman and Justice League. You know what was gonna change everything? Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, <laughs> Suicide Squad. Wait, Wonder Woman's gonna change everything too. Uh, I'm so scared. I know. So uh, you you have every right to be. <laughs> uh, but still, I think I think the casting is a pretty good choice um, for that. Uh, so yeah, is it going to be shirtless the entire time? Because otherwise, I'd be okay with that. I mean, that's the only real way that it makes any difference. Yeah, if he's Joe Manganiello is an okay actor, but he's not like the second coming of Christ. Yes. In a, he's you know. he's not being hired for his. So I'm and hoping he, that yeah. Deathstroke, who is basically in a full head to toe body costume, <laughs> <laughs> manages to have a shirt off when he's not out there being he a bad gets guy. Gets ripped up pretty good, like the. Stuff gets torn. You see holes. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there's a nipple in that. That's hole. what I'm thinking. Maybe a nipple hole pops open. We'll or maybe something else. Whatever. I'm into. I'm in. Oh. I'm into gear. So I'm fine uh-huh. with it. You can keep the mask on. Okay. Oh, BJ, I didn't know you did heroin. Girl, get off the smack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on to TV. So we already alluded to the fact that we are doing these recaps. So we will not talk about RuPaul's Drag Race except. I think we all... Thank God, I'm tired of talking about it. I think we all... We're only three episodes in. We all would agree (laughs) that this third episode, without spoiling it, you can go there to be spoiled. Some sad sad news uh, for some of us. 
Uh, happy news for others? I don't know. But uh, the show is doing okay, and the first two episodes were really strong, and the third one's eh, maybe less strong. But mm. we are excited, and if you want to hear more about that, you guys should go check that out. Now, who has watched Mr. Robot? I have not. It's on the list. Anybody else? I'm I'm halfway I'm halfway through season one. I thought there. Okay, yeah. So we talked about that. So I don't want to talk a lot about this because it's only BJ and I, and you know there might be other people who want to watch this. Plus, this show, it, if you get spoiled about certain things in it, it does change your perception of the show. It's one of those like things are revealed that you have to go back and then rewatch and see how that whole is. Rami still really attractive. You think so? You would. He's. I can see it. I get it, but I don't think he's attractive. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand why you're attracted to him, but and I like him, but I just don't know. Um, There is a character, Gideon, who is more attractive to me anyway. He's his boss. He's uh, gray-haired, glasses. You know, of course. Um, And he has his. (laughs) He has a boyfriend. He's a gay character, and his boyfriend is played by uh, uh, queerest folk. No. In <laughs> Queer as Folk, Brian's boyfriend was Justin, is that right? Uh, Sunshine. Yes. That actor, Randy Harrison, it took me a bit there, is the boyfriend or husband or whatever. So that is cool. There's a really prominent major gay character, and he plays a pretty big role, and then his boyfriend's in it from Queer as Folk. So that was cool. I was really excited uh, in the first season. Uh, you got to watch it if you like to have your mind kind of like blown. It's very unreliable narrator. It's very uh, involved. It kind of is, without spoiling much, about Anonymous or a fictional version of Anonymous. So from sort of an insider kind of seeing what led to Anonymous, if, if again, it's not meant to be Anonymous exactly. But uh, And the good news is I started watching the second season, and it plays very much from what they started uh, the show doesn't do any kind of crazy jump, doesn't do any kind of crazy, no, now we're doing this. It very much is playing off what happens. So you should check it out if you like hackers, not the movie, but actually like oh, hacker culture. Hacktivists. Hacktivism, yes. It's very true to the technology, at least that I know of. So I'm, And the soundtrack by Matt Quayle is so awesome. I love it. It's very if, electronic. If you use the term hacktivist again, you were never allowed back in for one of these recordings. Why? It's a real term. I'm not making are, it are up. Are you talking to me? Or, yeah. Or, or, oh, yeah. Oh, you're the one who said hacktivist. Oh. oh, you live here. I can't <laughs> kick you out. Thank God. <laughs> well, what word did I say? Oh, I said Zam. Instead of Zamboni. Wait, what? So you know what a Zamboni is, right? Yes. Okay, we're in the curling. uh, We're getting ready to start curling. We're waiting for the Zamboni to come out, and someone referred to the Zam doors, and then later I said they have not yet Zammed the ice. No. The verb does not exist. No. But the verb for Zamboni doesn't, it's a neo, it's a new thing, right? So, you know, people shorten it. It's not just my I thing. I think when Zamboni comes it. out, he cuts the ice. Uh, he cuts the ice. I get that. That thing. is the term. I have heard people say Zam. Zam. No, then they're stupid. <laughs> I, then listen, they are, I'm in no position to judge. I'm sorry to any judge. listeners that may be out there and have said Zam in their life in this respect. So is the noun Zam okay or just not the verb? If I want to call the Zamboni a Zam. It's a Zamboni. But I don't want to say the whole thing. No. I don't want to say a reservation so people say Rezzy. Guys, guys, guys. Hipster. Shut up. (laughs) 
this is a tangent. People love these on the podcast. Do they? Do they? Yes. They actually do. They really, really? do. Damn Have it. you ever Most listened of... to a podcast and they go off on this bizarre tangent? Oh, oh no, it's, it's not even so much that. It's usually because it's oral yelling at Brian, so they oh. love it. Oh, well, that's it. always okay. that's always Well, that's great. different. That's, I always love we that. We don't want that. We don't want to do that. But no, Zam is not acceptable in a noun, okay. verb, as long as I'm clear on adjective, adverb. Proper pronoun, but what if that is someone's plural? What if it's someone's name, though? I think it is. I would dare say Zamboni is someone's name. What? No, 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 no. That created just it. Zam, just someone named Zam. Oh, someone named Zam. That's fine. They're probably a stripper. <laughs> oh my god! Ooh. Were you watching earlier? It's that um, Cake Boss. Have you guys watched the Cake Boss reality show? No, I'm not watching that Jersey crap. It's, I know. It's, oh. it's hot cake. garbage. It is. Seriously, it's it's so over the top. It's cake but there and was I'm a stripper. Fat. There was a stripper who wants to be a, a cake person. So was that reminded a me cake of that. person. Was this a, a male, male or female no, stripper? No, female. Sorry. Oh, okay. Did okay. anybody watch the Prince Charming? We didn't talk about it. Uh, Finding Prince Charming. Finding uh, Prince Charming. No. Why are you uh-ing? It's just... Uh, bunch it's of white because guys. you're not being bunch represented. Of white twinks. Is that what no, you're there's that's a black dude in it. I, just, black I don't dude? even like him. I just uh. I don't like any of them. I hate all you of say them. Say there's a black dude. In there's it. a black dude in it. Hey, yeah, biracial bastard. That's why we don't want you. <laughs> oh. Exactly. So, I've, I've heard oh. nothing but contempt for this show. Uh, yeah, a lot and of the even guys. The positive stuff is yeah. contempt for the show about how bad of a train wreck it is, but they're going to watch because it is such yeah. a train wreck. Of no, like most of the guys on there are like intimidatingly hot, so yeah. I'm like, I'm not even going to look. Can we get you to do that for us? Can you we can we make this show with you as the Bachelor? Okay, oh I think God. that'd be fun. I'm on the market. <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, we could have Oral as well. Maybe in the second season we'll get Oral. <laughs> no, you wait. So you, you can't know have these oral work, the first right? date. You got to wait for the second. The person doesn't actually like find love because they're on the the bachelor. No, they get a lot of action. I'm guessing. No, the the current no? bachelor who uh-huh. was supposed to like be married and find love. This is this is his fourth time on the show. Are you serious? Yes, this oh, guy Jesus. has been on the show. Four times. I think he was on The Bachelorette the first time, and then they're like, "Oh, but now he's The Bachelor." That's usually how it happens. How it they works. take one of the, oh, I didn't realize or that. as the as the seasons progress, because of course when you first started out, it's whatever. But they take a quote unquote fan favorite from the eliminated contestants from a previous season uh, of one, and then use them as the point person or the person of interest for the opposite gendered one. So one of the girls from a previous season that everybody liked will become the Bachelorette, and then one of the guys from the Bachelorette will then become the Bachelor and shit like that. Still interested? I mean, (laughs) you you guys know my tastes, so... I say we just do it like in a speed dating format. (laughs) We do like an entire (laughs) season of The Bachelor. Can we go down to iDrive and just find some Brazilians for you? (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I think that's the only way. Wait, wait, hold on. Jared would be like, I will take all 25. Hold on. (laughs) Jared, what language are you studying right now? In fact, you're taking classes on. Yes, I am taking Portuguese. (laughs) Wow. Why are you taking Portuguese? Portuguese? He knows why. You know why. (laughs) They know why. Meninos. I love it so much. All right, so let's move on. We've we've done. Oh, I've been watching things. Uh, I've been watching. I I, I have things to contribute. one thing. Mention it. Because then we're going to do a whole deep dive into the get down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But before the get down, um, I binged um, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. It's now on Netflix. You're just not watching it? Yeah. I've never seen it. It was really good. I remember seeing clips of Mm -hmm. like this guy 
fighting and then like a, a giant like mud hand comes and starts killing people yep. on Facebook. I'm like, oh, that seems like a show that I might be interested in. But I didn't realize it was a Victorian period piece yes. in a post-Magic England where magic is returning. Yes. And had somebody told me that, I would have watched it the entire time. I have failed you as a friend. The hell? Everyone just, it's it's one of those shows where, you know, you go and you um, you introduce yourself into polite society, um, where you find people somewhat most agreeable, and uh, there's magic in it. And yep. magic has fallen away from England for some reason. We don't think it's anywhere else in the world. They just kind of focus on right. magic was in England. There was this guy named the Raven King. He left, took magic with it. It's 300 years later, and magic is returning. Huh. And it's around these two characters, one who has a very different approach and has earned sort of this study and you know, taking up magic the, the old-fashioned way, mm-hmm. but doesn't believe in the random, crazy, actual, like what people think of as magic. He's very learned magic. Uh, and then this other character comes in and sort of has a natural talent, yeah. and then things go from there. It is a great show, but the one thing I've always, both the book and the the, the TV adaptation, if you go in thinking you're going to see even something as exciting as Harry Potter, no. or like really like magic crazy, no, it's not no. that at all. It's a lot more like how Lord of the Rings handles magic. It's there, it is used by characters, but it is not the point. The mm. point is all this other stuff. So I'm uh, glad and, you you finished it. Yeah, I finished it. Oh, cool. I thought it was great, yeah. and I knew that I was gonna love this series. He's like, um, when um, the second episode's entitled like something strange or uh, is something wrong with Lady Pole. Yes, and it's just it's it's just this really like descent into madness. Oh man, it's horrible. It, it gives you all of these sort of like you know rich kind of stuffy people trying to navigate. Through oh, uh, through all of this like society, in the backdrop though is the Napoleonic Wars. Mm-hmm. So it's just really. In fact, there's you know, a whole. George, you would love it. There's a whole section of okay. it which is all okay. about sur- war survivors and dealing with, with the terrible things you do and war atrocities and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. that was fun. That was really so, cool. Yes. Yeah, I know fun. Yeah, right. So yeah, um, okay, totally good. watched that. I didn't know you saw it. I did see it. Was just on this Netflix. This is my first though. time hearing about it. So I'm gonna. It, the Patricia it. Clark. Is that right? Yes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. It's Clark something. Anyway, the book's been around forever, and it's fantastic. Although, again, it's a little dry, but the, the BBC version is only a couple years old. Uh, the Get Down. The so, Get Down. Oral told us about this show, and I had heard about the fact that Boz Lerman was coming out with a new uh, TV miniseries type show, and that it was about the history of hip-hop. And I was like, well, that sounds like that would make sense. I could see Boz Lerman doing something really cool. What I did not know about the show until later is that it's also sort of built around... The Hip Hop Family Tree. Mm. Uh, I forgot the guy who wrote it, but it's a comic book about the history of hip hop. They actually use that. From Fantagraphics. From Fantagraphics, thank you. Um, and that it has some really interesting like uh, actors and like the, the music. Uh, some of the contributions is from um, Nas. Nas. And like, there's got, they got drag queens in it. There's a little bit of like urban decay and urban development. From like a community developer, not a little bit, no, a, a lot, lot of, it. yeah, yeah. A lot which of it. I just watched. Uh, Show me a hero, and that's something that's kind of fresh in my head about the uh, New York and the and the um, Yonkers. Mm-hmm. So this was really timely, and we watched the first. We only got an episode and a half in because the first episode is a little longer than a full episode, right? It's an hour and a half, yes. right? So we basically watched two hours of the show, and it's great. We love it. I'm really interested in what's going on, but we just need to get back to it. 
I'm not in love with the Last Dragon sound effects and kind of zaniness of <laughs> I it. I love that. <laughs> it may grow on me. I do love all of the drama. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the drama is fantastic and well-crafted. Like I said, we won't get too much into it because we're going to do a deep dive in a microsode. Um, but I will point out that you know it's already hitting the drag circuit hard when Darcel Stevens comes out. No, she spinning didn't. in a Th- beaded, in a beaded, like, all these bead strings doing telepathy. Yep. Spinning around <laughs> with her big poof hair piece on top of her head. You know, and, you know, it's funny because I was listening to um, Gadio.com while I was doing some work earlier today. And they're like, we're going to play you, like, our our fearsome, like, six, which is they play you six songs back to back. You don't know the titles of them, and they tell you what the titles are after it. And I'm just like, I don't know this one, but I need to remember. I don't know this one. And then I heard Christina Aguilera once again being <laughs> relevant since Bionic. And I was just like, yes, it's telepathy. I love it. Like, this it, you know what it reminds me of? It's all of those shows that talk about music and the creation of music, mm-hmm. but then don't really show you, like, yes. give you good songs. Yes. Uh, Nashville being one of them. I only heard that. I don't actually watch Nashville. Empire, I heard, is kind of like that. Empire has ups. Uh, well, I, I take that back. <laughs> drip, drop, drippity, drip, drop. But, no. The scene where they are showing... So, so I'll spoil one little thing. Grandmaster Flash is a part of the show. Mm-hmm. When he is giving the the protégés a challenge to figure out the crayon, yes, that was inspired because when I used to teach electronic music, we talked about tape and how you would cut up tape and use tape and do all this stuff with tape. And I never got to the part where we talked about vinyl and, and how you scratch and how you do all that stuff. And so that was like fascinating, like the 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 whole process that they kind of figure out that Grandmaster Flash used yeah. is inspired and really kind of innovative. And that was really cool to see how they played that out. The, the, I'm, just, the, I'm just imagining Brian in a classroom with two turntables <laughs> yep. and be like, let's do this. Freaking, freaking. No. That's uh, what I never, I was always, it's always the fur lease. <laughs> I was so like, cla- yeah, I never got into the DJ <laughs> stuff, but it was fascinating. I want to, <laughs> did you really just say I was going to mix fur lease? Okay. Let's see where you're going. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um, no, <laughs> I can see a disco beat. It, it 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 is it is great. It gets better. I I love the characters. Jaden Smith is not that great, nah. but he's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. He's the he's the other graffiti artist, right? Desi, yeah. Desi, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's the guy who is the primary? Um, spinner scratcher or whatever. Um, who's that actor? I've seen him in Shallon. Yeah, 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 that's right. Oh, you know, I can't like, remember his name. He, he's, I've seen him in something else, and I don't know what, and I was like, mm-hmm. um, and Jimmy Smith's as the urban planner. Yeah, we're going to get into all yeah. this. So Pat and I are going to finish the season. You've finished it already. Yeah. If either of you guys or if anyone, if any of you out in the listening audience want to tell us what you liked about the show uh, without spoiling it, uh, please do so on the Facebook. If any of you want to be on the Microsoft with us, just let us know. We'll see yeah, what we can we'll do. We'll see what we can the do. The Facebook. Uh, on the Facebook, but um, uh, I do want to talk about the fact that you know if you you have enjoyed this show so far and we still have a little bit left, you can leave us a review on iTunes. You may actually want to just stop now because the rest is downhill. Uh, but no, give us a nice review. 
because it does actually uh, help people find the show. And we want more people to hear us and then also judge us and tell us if we need to go lip sync for our life or not. Um, the other thing is Patreon. We've been really excited to get these new Patreon subscribers specifically saying, hey, we like Flame On. Here's some extra money per month. Thank you. If you guys Ching. like it, you can literally give as much or as little as a dollar. And that means the world because it's someone out there putting their own money down to help us make this content, which we've been doing now for, oh, my God, five years. Can you believe that? Five it's been years. Five it's been years. Five. Good Lord. Five Five years. years. So uh, help us out. Give us a little bit of in our in our little Patreon donation. And uh, we're excited to be coming up to New York. Only a couple of us, unfortunately, but we will be up there for New York Comic Con. If you are going to be, or you are already in the New York area, the week of the second of October, we will be at Rock Bar on Tuesday night, uh, October fourth. Starting at 7 o'clock. Or we'll be there about 7, but I think the show starts at 8. goes till 9.30. And we're going to make it an interactive recording, so you guys who are going to be there can be part of the show. We're going to have prizes. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have some special guests that I don't want to announce yet. but um, We may also be broadcasting live on the interwebs. Yes. Ooh. So we've got a couple things we're trying to, to pull off. So but fancy. You're also at New York Comic Con on Thursday. Come out to Artist Alley. We'll probably be walking around there talking to people, so... Oh, say hi. Um, so let's move on to video games. I know there's been a lot of gaming stuff happening. I don't know what most of it is. So I'm going to let BJ run this. Oh, okay. Oh, fun. Um, <laughs> so uh, if anybody's playing Overwatch or anybody likes Overwatch or anybody liked Team Fortress 2, um, Overwatch is free for the rest of this weekend. Wow. I think through Wait. Monday. So basically, when they're going to hear this, it's not free. Probably not. Okay, but it was. But free. it was. And was it fun? Do you play Overwatch? Uh, I played it on a friend's console. It was all right. It's Team Fortress Two. Um, Wait love, a minute. It's it's TF2. subscription. It's it it's it's just a it's a player versus player online game. No, I I know I Do know what it is. I came just talk today. Do you pay a flat fee or is it subscription based? Huh? No, no. The you game know, is the uh, game is you free. pay for the game. Yeah. Yes. What? So flat fee of you pay for the game. Yeah. Okay. There you go. But they're offering what? PS, PlayStation Plus, and which yeah. service? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's on Xbox. It's on cons. It's on PC, and it's on. So you PS4. can try it for the weekend for free. Yeah. That's what I wanted to know. That's yes. The magic. Thank you. BJ. You can download the whole game this weekend for free. Uh, uh, consoles only. So not not PC. Well, that only sucks. on consoles. I love. I'm a PC gamer. I'm out of this whole thing now. Damn it. <laughs> now, uh, speaking of PC gaming uh, and also PS4, do you guys know about Final Fantasy? I'm sure you've seen all the stuff about 15 coming out. I mean, the boy band. The boy band. Oh yeah, yes, the boy indeed. band road trip. The boy band road trip. Did anyone watch Kingsglaive? Kingsglaive. So they put out like a prologue, like an hour and a half. Oh yeah. Instead of doing okay, it, is Final Fantasy doing ten two again, but with all men? Yeah. Kind of. Pretty much. Yeah. I know. They're men you might now. enjoy. <laughs> um, but they did a prologue. Instead of doing this giant cutscene beginning of the game, they uh-huh. actually just made a movie out of it. Yeah. It was in theaters briefly. It's on digital platforms called Kingsglaive, and it sets up the universe. It's got some pretty big name talent. I know um, Cersei Lannister. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Lena. Lena Headey. She's a character in it. And Joe Manganiello. Joe Manganiello. Joe Manganiello is not in it. Damn it. I don't think. <laughs> um, but that's 15. And if you are interested in online like, MMO gaming, 
14 is about to drop its new update coming out later this month. And the big news with that is they are starting to pivot to what is going to come after the current expansion, which is Heavensward. They're starting, they've wrapped that up, basically, and they're starting into the next thing, which they have not named yet. They're going to name it in October when they do the big thing. Heavensward. Heavensward. Um, and I've been actually getting into some of the advanced content on that and having a lot of fun. So if you're on Final Fantasy XIV, if you're on Gilgamesh, which is a server where the Taint Guild is, which I'm a part of, yes, <laughs> that is, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, also the Rough Trade uh, Gaming Guild or Gaming Society, whatever, uh, on Facebook. Lord, girl, calm yourself. Uh, that's our group. If you're on, you want to hang out, want to run some raids, just let me know. Message us on the on Facebook, and we'll, we'll get you in there. Okay. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. What's Nintendo Direct got to do with stuff? Uh, Nintendo Direct, it's just they did a... Uh, everybody was hoping they were going to announce the NX. Oh, what yeah. is this thing going to be? Haven't. What is this terrible yes. thing going to be? Um, they did not. Uh, pretty much just a host of a uh, whole bunch of DS games. They announced the, uh, the, the Galaxy DS, which came out that this past Friday. It, I, I already bought it. Um, it's It's... Yeah, it's pretty fucking beautiful. It's a 3DS with a nice paint job, basically. Well, it's got a, it, well apparently it's got this Galaxy finish yeah. on it, and then on the inside, they, there's little bits and pieces that are actual metal, oh, okay. um, just to kind of up the durability a bit, so there's oh. actually a functional yeah, yeah, yeah. bit to it. Um, and then they uh, dropped another giant like keeping pile of Pokemon information for the new game. Which I promptly pre-ordered. Did you guys see the Pokemon Go uh, accessory that they're selling soon? No. It's yes. like a little um, watch-looking thing. Go, Go Plus. Go Plus. And it like vibrates when a Pokemon is near, and you okay. can hit a button on it to throw your ball How at it. How much data is that gobble up? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's Bluetooth, so it's doing whatever Pokemon Go is normally doing. Okay. It's just doing it. Yeah, it's, like linked, little... it's linked to the watch, and that apparently drops uh, September 16th in the UK, yeah. which... It, they they said like four or five days after it drops in the UK, uh, they're already doing pre-orders at like Toys R Us, yeah. Amazon. Um, they're coming out with they're pretty much just coming out with a uh, Go Plus uh, app for yeah. the Apple Watch. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, people are all, all. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All excited about that, although not a lot of people are playing Go because Niantic's running it, so updates are far and few between. Um, I kind of lost interest. I sometimes will be bored walking around. I'll be like, oh, I should probably do Pokemon Go. Surprise, surprise. What is interesting is that I've I've heard through the grapevine for someone who works at a GameStop Mm -hmm. that the demand for Pokemon Sun and Moon is not going to be able to match the supply. Yep. Because Pokemon Go kind of launched Pokemon back into the stratosphere um, with its, like, revival and resurgence and the renaissance and the blah, 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 blah. Got to catch but, but they don't have enough uh, units to go around. Uh-oh. So it's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, boy. So, so line up at night. Pre-order Road, your shit. Road Warrior. Road Warrior. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Love it. But that was just about it at the the um, the Nintendo Direct. Everybody. So you bought a new DS that yep. just is shiny. Yeah, it's pretty much just shiny. Okay. But I didn't own one. I know people that are buying one that already have like four. Silliness. So I'm like, huh. I won't even get the new one with the camera button. I know Pat's got one, but I won't. I haven't. I don't. I don't mm. really care enough. Mm. Like I barely play it. I play it when I fly somewhere. I'm bored. And I'm sitting there like, all right. Uh, I'll I'll play Final Fantasy. What's the music one? Oh, there's like a music game. Uh, that was the rhythm. Yeah, that's one of the that. reasons I wanted to get a DS because I I never played that. The rhythm's fun. It's stupid. It's casual. It's mindless. But the music's great, so of course I'm gonna play it. Um, what's the deal with PlayStation's Pro and Slim? So after Nintendo Direct ended, PlayStation had their abysmal presentation, which was it wasn't terrible. It was just the two guys they had presenting were just very dry uh-huh. and just very very boring. I like us talking about gaming. A little bit. Yeah. Um, so the they announced that they're doing. I did very well. Remember how I started singing the, the theme song? You the did. Ten two? No, you made it interesting. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> kept it good. I mean, just... I, I've, I've got stuff I'd like to mention, but I'll wait till you guys are finished. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they're releasing. They said they wouldn't do this, but they're releasing a PS4 Slim. And, and what is that? Oh, it's just a, it's it, a lower profile. Well, and so so they they announced they're like, oh, we're doing a slim. And then when they officially release like all the website information, all the tech information, it actually there is a hardware update to it. But it's not the 4K one, and that's the Pro. That's the Pro. Okay. Um, so the Pro is pretty much if you own a 4K TV or a TV capable of HDR, um, it's kind of worth it. And if you don't have a PS4. That's kind of the one they get, and it's only like a hundred bucks more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know GameStop's going to be running a whole bunch of deals where if you trade in your current PS4, you're pretty much just going to be paying fifty dollars out of pocket. That's it. Uh, yeah, wow. it's cause to get the slim. To get the slim, it's oh. like uh, I wow. think fifty to hundred, depending on how old your PS4 is, um, because it? it's only a hundred bucks more, and I think they're taking like one hundred and fifty to two hundred bucks for the PS4s. I, I will. I will admit there's a good part of me that wants to buy a PlayStation Four when Final Fantasy Fifteen comes out. But I don't want to... I'll probably buy the Pro. Did they say when the Pro is coming out? Uh, I believe the release date for the Pros is November 4th. Oh, so right around when Final Fantasy is coming. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, the other thing is that if you are... If anybody's planning on getting... I know it's, it's, it's kind of a craze that popped up for like three months and then went away. If you're planning on getting a VR, um, the PlayStation Pro is probably what you're going to want to 
play with it because the processor's been beefed up enough to handle all the VR hardware and software. VR, nice. VR is very taxing on a graphics processor. I don't know yes. if you knew this. I didn't know this, so I was d- doing some research. But um, that's cool. I didn't know they still... I mean, I figure they should still be supporting the, the VR stuff, but I don't know. Like, they had, they had, uh, uh, What's the Resident Evil? They had like a VR... They, well, the, so, so they're going to be coming out with games that you can either play on your VR or uh-huh. you can just play on the regular PlayStation, right. and then they'll have VR-specific games. Yeah. Uh, they have Arkham VR, where you, that's you get right, to be the Batman, mm-hmm. and... Then they have um, the one I'm interested in is they have a uh, another Until Dawn game, uh, which is kind of a rail shooter oh, yeah. sort of horror <clears throat> extravaganza. So. Can we get a Katamari Damashi VR game? I that could imagine that be terrifying. I feel like that oh, would make amazing. me want to vomit. Well, that could be amazing. If you got if you're running away from a Katamari, uh huh. <laughs> that could be part of the fun though. You could switch uh, perspectives and yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh ah, Sorry, that ah, Katamari keeps popping back. Every Katamari just looks like your life at 30. Just, yeah. oh. And 40. Really. Just bigger. Uh, more crap. So, uh, what? Uh, oh, got? yes. So, there are two games that have been sort of um, uh, tintillated, like, uh, you know, you get a, a taste of. Oh, boy. Um, it's always free. Yes. Um, but there are two games coming out. Um, I haven't researched any details as far as, like, who's developing them or what consoles are coming out for, but there are two games that have really caught my attention that I'm kind of hopping on to. Yeah. Uh, one is called Scorn, and uh, it is a first-person shooter, but the flavor of this world is a mixture between David Cronenberg and H.R. Giger. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Catnip for Jared. Oh, Ooh. yes, yes. Um, and... <laughs> Apparently, an aphrodisiac for BJ. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit. If you get after that, yeah. Um, but anyways, they they haven't really released as uh, as far as like Scorm information or scorn. Scorn. Okay. Scorn. They haven't released a whole lot of information about it, but you know, just from the gameplay video that they've released, it's um, it's this gorgeous HR Giger looking backdrop with um, you know everything's undulating of course. and you know bioorganic uh, of and so um, the only like gameplay that you see is the um, you know you're in first person mode and you have this you know David Cronenberg esque gun where it's just it's it's Ugh, organic fleshy. and you kind of you know, fleshy yeah. swap out parts and I guess you retrieve parts from things that you've killed or at uh-huh. least have been killed already. So your eyes oh, are flashing. You've seen that. Scary, haven't yes. You? Yeah. Yes. It looks I, gorgeous. I watched it, it and I was like, what Whoa. what am I what am I seeing? And then, then I actually read what I was what I what I watched. Yeah, no, and, and uh apparently um if you don't notice certain creatures, every creature has pretty much just a different like f- view field view or mm-hmm. view field of vision. Okay. Uh because there was like something with like eyes in its mouth. And it can't see you as long as its mouth closed. But the moment you make enough noise... This might be the other game that I'm thinking of. It's called Agony. Okay, yeah, no, it's Agony. Good old-fashioned nightmare. That's Agony. Agony. So Agony is kind of this hellish, hellscape-looking game. Um, But the part that BJ's talking about, there's um, there's this kind of demon... uh, creature woman that's skulking around following you. Yep. And... It's only like motion based. Uh-huh. So as long as you're perfectly still as it walks around, you're fine. Right. But the moment 
you jerk or move or do anything like that. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah. But the yeah, we'll ever play these games. You have to. You, have you to guys will up, have to tell me how. You they have to are. pick sure. up like a piece of like flesh laying around and nope. you just kind of throw yeah. it in the shadow and hope it goes towards <laughs> nope. that. Oh yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh god. And it changes perspective too. Like there are certain parts where like you go down into this uh, chasm and it changes your point of view as you're going down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's 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 got some interesting stuff going on, and I'm I'm curious to see what what develops further on it. We got a new fad going here. Yep. That's awesome. Scorn and agony sounds like my Friday. Mm-hmm. Yes. <gasps> yes. Oh, was it really Flesh Fridays? Was it was it really that bad? <laughs> I I didn't know who I don't know who that guy was that was on the billboard. Leo Sweetwood. Leo Sweetwood. I'm I'm Lord. still I'm still burning about missing. Um, oh, uh, the cum dumpster. Arm. Armand Rizzo. Oh, no, that's his name. I can never remember his cum name. Dumpster. You call him uh, Cum Dumpster? That's what I w- was told he was. The world's biggest cum dumpster. I Performing mean... live at the world's biggest cum dumpster. <laughs> wow. That was Bobby's biggest. quote about it. All right. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. good tough. I got to make it down there one Friday. Because, you know, now that I have Friday nights off for the foreseeable future until I don't have Friday nights off again. What? I should get down there. Just yeah, let's go. Let's go pose with some porn stars. Recover before eleven. Okay, I'll be there doing my like seven to maybe twelve minutes worth of work for Flesh Fridays because that's about all that I'm there longer not working. Even if I get there and leave right after it's done, I'm literally there longer not working than I am working. Then we'll go to keep you company. Sounds good. We'll go get some drinks. Yes. Then it'll be like 2 a.m. and I'll get a text message from Brian. Y'all right? No. You still there? (laughs) I'm just talking with Oral. Me and and your child hanging out here. Yeah, home with the baby. Home with the baby. You abandon me to go do work things outside of (laughs) this house. Uh, My work things don't usually involve alcohol. Yeah, Usually. you, went, you went to Hawaii for 10 days. I don't want to hear it. Mm. <laughs> Remember, I don't want to go to Hawaii. It's going to be terrible. <coughs> I'm going to be working the entire time. Well, you know, I am kind of working from the beach. Does it have Wi-Fi? No. <laughs> no, but, you know, I thought about work. <laughs> so let's go do comics. Ooh, yes, things have come out. We, uh, I know Oral and I are rather enjoying The Flintstones. The Flintstones is the greatest book DC is putting out at the moment. Seriously, it, it is. In fact, I would even go so far as to say it's the best book coming out of the big two. I don't think there's anything coming out of Marvel right now that beats it. Marvel's, it's a different thing, so it's hard to ju- compare. But like of the two publishers, I am much more enjoying Fl- The Flintstones and, mm. and uh, Future Quest. Future Quest is fun. Pretty much anything else um, from those two studios. Now, the thing about the Flintstones is, I mean, we've all seen it here. We're old enough that we saw it in reruns. I mean, we didn't see it originally when it aired aired in the 60s. Uh, This does reinvent the Flintstones for a more modern era, but not in a way that is gratuitous, not in a way that is, like, cynical. It's, It's... Well, cynical, maybe. No, I would... would You know what I mean? It's not a reinvention for reinvention's sake. Yeah, no, but I, I would say that the Flintstones, you say cynical, but cynical, uh, cynical has this like negative connotation. It's dark satire. It is satirical. That, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that has an air of cynicism about it. Yes, but I don't, I don't find it cynical. I guess the idea of it isn't, hey kids, with the Flintstones, 
2016. You no, know? it's it's hey kids, it's the Flintstones and society's fucked. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, have you read any of this yet? I've I've read the first two. Okay, good. The third one. I mean, they've all got that great ennui of society and your place in it, and some of the ridiculous things that you have to do. But the third one, I will spoil it. I'm gonna spoil it. Okay. That's fine. Do you remember the Great Gazoo? Oh Jesus Christ! But the Great Gazoo has a. They have changed his nature and his the role he plays in a fantastically believable kind of way. So the whole third issue is about. Uh, well, it's a couple things going on. One, you have like they're talking about the war. Mm-hmm. So instead of it being a lodge, it's now uh, a veteran support group. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not the Moose Lodge. It's a veteran support group. It's the VFW. Right. Oh. It's the VFW. Exactly. So you have their war stories, and there's like this guy Joe, and Joe is a war hero who's really struggling with his place in society. He's having a complete, you know, uh, crisis of, of of personality, of faith, like what he's going to do with his life. And that is sort of the B plot. And the A plot is the um, aliens have landed. Galactic break. And they basically discover that Earth is a great location for spring break. So <laughs> most of the aliens, in fact, pretty much all of them, are there running around, drinking, uh, carrying on, and disintegrating people with their new disintegration app on their device. Oh, boy. And they're doing it just because that's their idea of partying. They're not doing it to take a planet. It's no, of that. they're just being stupid yep. spring breakers. All of that is sort of there, and that's the main thing. But you also have Bam Bam and Pebbles hanging out with pre-Neolithic uh, uh, Carl Sagan. Mm-hmm. And there's a, like a lovely sort of like ridiculous, um, we're going to shoot a uh, monkey into space. Isn't that great? And then the monkey you know, gets like catapulted out. From a dinosaur dropping on a on a catapult, a seesaw or something, <laughs> and like you know, burning up in the upper atmosphere as he's flying. It, it just like total satire of that. But there is one panel, and I posted this on Facebook, and it it lit me up. Just I was like so happy. I was waiting for you to get there. Okay, I got there, and it's no no like w- yeah, 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 yeah get it in the book. So oh oh okay yeah you knew it was coming. The the title of the issue is Space Oddity. A and space oddity. A space oddity. And then, uh, oh my God, I'm gonna fuck the lyrics up, Oral. What is the what's the space what's the space oddity lyrics? So this monkey is placed into the cockpit, which is That's literally it. just a yep. hollowed out piece of wood. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna happen." And I think Pebbles is like, "Is this safe?" And the monkey says, "Tell my wife I love her." And the brontosaurus says, "She knows." <laughs> <laughs> It's, oh, I mean, God. it's such a dumb gag, but it's so funny. Oh. And in the context of the whole issue, it's just, it's just, it's just great. It's really oh, so, man. so good. You don't have to know about the Flintstones at all. It helps to have that passive familiarity because you recognize things. You're like, oh, that's this, that, that's that. But it's honestly the most just enjoyable look at society through that lens mm. of any comic I've read in forever. It's so good. Mm. Um, the other big indie book that I'm enjoying is Jupiter's that Legacy. That technically count as an indie book. That's tr- you're right. I mean, it's, it's like if Vertigo is considered an indie no. book. You know, it's its own little whatever. But um, so, yeah, indie-wise, Jupiter's Legacy. Have you been keeping up with Jupiter's yep. Legacy? This is so good. And part of it's the art because... Um, Quietly. Frank quietly does not produce a lot anymore, unfortunately, because he's kind of slow to do what he's doing. But oh my god, it's so worth it. 
and his art is clean. His line is just it's just really clean these days. The whoever is doing the inking and the coloring is 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 glorious. It looks it just makes his art pop so much more than it did 20 years ago when he would do the Authority or um, even All Star Superman. It's vastly improved. And it's just a great story about a generational superhero society and interacting with real society. And if you read Jupiter's Circle, which was the prologue, kind of like the um, they went back and showed the original generation mm. and how it interacted with these things that we know from history and their own spin on it, it, it gives the current context of you know, superheroes taking over the government because they know best kind of more context and more backstory and there's relationships that are more interesting and it's just great. Mark Miller is doing one of probably his most epic in the sense that it's like this giant story, but also I think important as far as the superhero kind of deconstruction or whatever, they, whatever that genre is. So I really am enjoying it. Uh, what about you, Oral? What's your favorite indie book these days? Um, or book in general. We're kind of jumping around. Okay. So for me, I think Marvel is still giving me the best book out there. Oh, which one? Uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Because it's Jason yeah. Aaron, uh, it's Chris Bocciolo. Oh. There was a fill-in artist for issue yes. 11. But issue 11 was a really great aftermath book yeah. from the last days of magic, which is the big two-story arc, arc that they built up. Um, and we see Doctor Strange... And he's struggling. It, in his origin. He's struggling at both points. Yep. Because magic as he knew it and he studied is either dead and gone or barely holding on. And so spells that he's used all the time don't work anymore. There are aspects of like the magical flora and fauna that are struggling to survive because the ecosystem has been dealt such a blow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they parallel that with his origin story, but only like a snippet of it because we've always seen, you know, car accident, broken hands. He's like, you know, I did everything. So every doctor, you know, followed every lead. Nothing worked. And, you know, eventually he just goes to, you know, Tibet and becomes Doctor Strange, uh, studying under the Ancient One. Skipping ahead, right? Yeah, skipping ahead. What we see is him hit rock bottom, where he's literally, like, Gotta take that MGH. Yeah, injecting (laughs) mutant growth hormone into his body to see if it can heal his hands. He's literally shooting up in an alleyway. And it is so... Smart and dark, yeah. um, and it cuts to uh, because you know we've all seen this before. You know it cuts to the this is him at his lowest and like what brought him to um, the ancient one. Also, we get to see Baron Mordo be the devil and tempt him in the wilderness, which was nice. And yeah. that they've kind of brought him now back into the current Doctor Strange story is also important because he's in the movie. And he's a great character. He's a great foil for Doctor Strange. So, you know. Uh, but the art, I love that art. I, I like Bacho's yeah. fine. I, I like his style. It's different. But that, I got to look it up. But his stuff is really clean and kind of, it's almost a little cartoony, but without being like childishly cartoony. I don't know. It's um, a couple other artists that I uh, really like kind of mimic that style. But yeah. Um, what? Uh, so I do have a question for you, Oro. As, yeah. as a retailer, uh huh. I I read something and I forgot where it was. Um, how's Civil War Two selling? Is it doing as well as people have been hoping, or is it kind of sluggish? It it's it's a little sluggish, and it's also sluggish because it's so delayed. Um, but it's no. There are people who's like, "Hey, has this come out yet?" And we're like, "No." 
Like, when does this come out? It comes out in two weeks. But didn't it come out six weeks ago? Um, the the thing that gets me is that it's there's not like a sort of palpable like it was with Secret Wars, um, or you know like Rebirth. People are still you know wanting for it, and people are coming in and picking up those those new issues as they come out. Um, but it's just it's just there. It's something to read um, to get past. It's I wish they hadn't done it because. You know, Death of X is coming, which I think is what they should have focused on because they've been building up this Inhumans X-Men thing and it's getting lost in the shuffle of Civil War, even though they're attempting to shoehorn that into it um, because Civil War is dealing with an Inhuman. Uh, It's just, you know, I... Bendis has done a really... Uh, Bendis and Marquez have done really amazing things together. Yeah, core book is not bad. It's just... I don't, I don't think that this is one of them. Yeah. I, I don't care for the story. I oh, think you don't it's, like it. I think it's lazy. There's moments where I can see that. Yeah. Because, um, um, like, you know, you usually think... And he does kind of do this. The first issue is a lot of action. But it's a lot of action off the page. They basically fight this celestial-looking creature without really but that showing was the any best, of it. That was the best part. And then the Thanos fight is in, in, in the Zero issue for Free Comic Day. Mm. So, like, it's like all of your exciting stuff isn't in the book, isn't in the first issue. And then it's just a lot of talking, which is a very Bendisian thing to do, but kind of... Which eh. I wouldn't mind, but you, you kill off War Machine, yeah. um, and you kind of give us these sort of like, oh, you know, things are going to get worse from here. Um, and they just use that as an excuse to start bickering with each other. And then they killed Bruce um, because we didn't need Bruce anymore because we already had 18,000 Hulks. Um, And it's just like, it's like you you don't care. Like there's no sense of investment in this story and he's just telling it and all these other books are being dragged along with it. And it's funny because a lot of the books they're doing there where it's a token Oh, yeah, we're Civil War II. We're tying in. And they mention it, and then they do their own thing, mm-hmm. which unfortunately is kind of the reality because you get the extra promotion of being a Civil War II bannered book, but you can still tell your own story. So the fact that they're letting these creators do that is kind of nice, but it also is sort of duplicitous because you're like, oh, I expected this will be expanding on the whole Civil War II thing. No, but there's a couple of those that are specific to it. Like there's no, X-Men are. Civil War, yeah. which, which is its own, its own yeah. separate those, book. Those are direct tie-ins. Exactly. Right? Yeah, the ones where it's like Ms. Marvel number 12 and it's got the big Civil War 2 banner. Yeah, those are just kind of like... But in an instance like this, you are going to have those where this is going on, but these people aren't exactly directly involved with what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like that Civil, or Iron Man finally caught up and they had a whole great issue about Tony dealing with uh, Rhodey's death because they had only sort of been per, uh, foreshadowing and kind of building to it, but this last issue actually, you know, had him dealing with no. it. Uh, and, and, and starting the whole uh, whatever comes out of the next couple issues. And don't think, Bendis, that I don't see you kill one black character and bring another like you can just swap us out. It's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. I'm still excited about Riri. Uh, so am I, Dr. but Doom's, that doesn't... Like, you know, I know what you mean. Though. I know what you mean. It, it's just like I said. I feel like this is lazy. I don't feel like this is inspired. Um, I don't even feel like it's getting the Marvel Universe to a point yeah. where um, 
you know, lines are drawn, even though that's where we're going. I think it's just, the last issue basically is finally where there actually are two factions and they're about to fight. And then I guess in one yeah. of the tie-in books, they actually brought back up the whole uh, Registration Act thing, which I don't right. know if that's going to make it more Civil War-ish or whatever, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, what... So, so, so your Marvel preference is uh, Strange. Is there yeah. a DC book that you would recommend besides the uh, Hanna-Barbera ones? I never thought I would say that I would like a book that had Stephanie Brown in it because fuck Stephanie Brown. Um, the spoiler is awful. Yeah. And I, I hate her because she's the love interest of my favorite Robin, oh, Tim Drake. Yeah. But Detective is so much fun. It is. It gives you... Like, yes, at times it's super serious and they're dealing with people like possibly being assassinated, but it's just so much fun and having Clayface, who never really struck me as like a villain villain, right. um, to have Clayface on the team, to have uh, Cassandra back on the team. That's good. To see the like Batman play off of Batwoman, who's a little more, has a little more levity. Not that she's lighthearted, but a little more levity than Bruce but still dealing with like a really fucked up past yeah. and current family issue. It is, it is great. That book is fun. James Tinian is doing some of his best work at DC, I think, uh, in that book. So mm-hmm. I've been enjoying the Batman book as well. Uh, and All-Star Batman with first issue was really good. Yes, uh, that I first that. issue was really great. I like the story. I like what's possibly coming. But um, Hey, Jared, do you know who's the artist? For All Star Batman? No, I don't know. Well, who the, the first artist issue is. was one artist, and then they're switching. Well, yeah, John Romita Jr. was the first artist. Oh. So everyone's fingers were exactly the same length. Oh. Everybody looked the same. Guys, <laughs> it's a style. Am I wrong? No, you're not. I, I I don't love his art, but I accept his art. It doesn't bother. Everyone me. liked Lee Feld back in the '90s. Oh, that's not fair. That is fair. Oh, I guess it is fair. <laughs> I don't know. Life feels a little more of a douche. I don't know. Um, we didn't get the X-Men update. I actually did want Pat to tell us what's going on in the X-Men corner because <laughs> I'm barely keeping on with what's happening. <laughs> They're just dying. They're dying everywhere. Who else is dying? Who died? I don't even know who died. Oh, I don't know. Nobody. It's just... It, oh. it's, I mean, been, it's been weird. We had Apocalypse Wars. That didn't do anything. No. It really just kind of Cashed left you. on the movie. No, it, it did... It gave you a um, Colossus is now corrupted by Apocalypse and held by Clan Akba. Yeah. Akba. Akbar? Agraba. Admiral? Akba. Akba. It's a trap. Agraba. He's flying in on a magic carpet. I don't no, know. Totally. Um, so, yeah, so Cyclops, or not Cyclops, Colossus is. <laughs> because that corrupted. was the early, late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s. <laughs> oh, the 12s. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> if you can hear that, it's fabulous. <laughs> so yeah, like ah, that. Salam and good evening. <laughs> I please come closer. Come closer. <laughs> too close. A little too close. Um, I, I, re- I went into Extraordinary X Men feeling really excited, mm-hmm. and then you know my fear. My fear with Jeff Lemire is always this. When he has a lot of characters and pieces to move, he kind of gets, like... Bogged down. Bogged down. And yeah. so, you know, that that one-shot issue where we saw 
uh, a no, no girl and Glob Herman survive by themselves, I thought was really streamlined and super weird and really cool. Right. But and it then, managed to sell, it managed to tell a story. Yeah. But when you've got, when you have to take a, an eight person team and tell three concurrent stories because the team is split up to go find these people or to do this. Yeah. It, it fell very flat. Um, I love Hopeless, but... I do, too. That um, was all new X-Men. I had a better story. Yeah, I liked the story. Overall, had a better story. Ended nowhere. No, it didn't do it. Ended nowhere. Hopefully, he put some pieces into play with Evan that may blossom into something better down the line, because really the only thing that came out of it was... The fact that Evan kind of saw that he's been fighting to be good because everybody and himself have all been told that Apocalypse is just pure evil. He goes back to where his origin is and finds that Ensabonur was actually selfless and was ready to defend and fight for people he cared about. So that throws a whole wrench into the mythos of Apocalypse just being this all-consuming... Yeah, it's not nature, it's nurture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. That was the better of the Apocalypse horror stories. I like that one. Um, I like the art a lot better, too. The Extraordinary X-Men, um, Archangel, Angel... Oh, Uncanny. No, that was Uncanny. Uncanny. I'm sorry, that's right. Extraordinary is Old Man Logan and Storm what? What are you? What are you I, don't, I don't know uh, what the... Fuck was going on? I don't Just either. I love the fact Archangel. that Archangel was back. Yeah, and all his but, incarnations. But how? Why? Doesn't make any what? sense. What? Well, make any yeah. Sense. I love. I, I'm a fan of Archangel. Always been a fan of Archangel. Well, yeah. But what they've done has just made it so. It didn't make weird. sense at one point, and then it kind of started to make sense, and then it went away from making sense again, and now it totally doesn't make sense. But they've sort of put all the pieces into one thing. So. But see, well, yeah, but we still don't know where that leads to because no. that just kind of ended there. And now we've abandoned that completely and brought in the Hellfire Club. The Hellfire Club, where well, they're really just, he's talking about, you know, BDSM a lot yes, in the Hellfire there's Club. There's no <laughs> subtext. It's all, like, right on the page. Well, and the worst part is that, like, you you had the Hellfire Club with all the kids. All the kids. And I love that they had Sabretooth. I hated that. I, oh, you I know, like those were, that. they were fun for I like Jason oh, Aaron's take on that, that a lot more. And that's fine. I just I wasn't a fan of that whole thing. But I love the fact that Sabretooth, they had they straight up had Sabretooth go, Last time I was involved last time I interacted with the Hellfire Club was a bunch of kids running around here. But like there's no kids here anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. You're getting me a little creeped out here. Um, Sebastian you Shaw who came out of fucking nowhere. And Monet's been part of the Hellfire Club? This entire time. Well also- considering I didn't realize that was her. When they showed her in the well, White Queen get up. That's the art's fault. Well, yes. I had no clue until, like, they kind of pointed out that it was M, and I was like, what? Greg Land. Greg Land. They all look like porn stars, because they are based on porn and stars. And, like, and she's, she has her brother Emplet's, like, l- like tongue hand uh, Yeah, well, thing. his essence is in her, is a part of her now, uh, and it's which just, that was just bizarre. Uh, uh, yeah, it's the whole uh, bringing back the kings and queens of the Hellfire Club was just bizarre. So they went back to the well, but the good thing is it's Magneto doing it for his own purpose, and I love the line about, you know, they need a lot of cannon fodder because X-Men die a lot, and so he's kind of saying, you look, 
I need all the X-Men I can get right now to fight this war, and a lot of you are going to die, so let's just... Yeah, I mean, it made sense do. what they were doing by the end of the right. issue. I got it. It was it very I, weird. I'm down with the idea of it. It did take a while in the art. But I love the fact that it, it, they had to put everybody into a place. Sebastian Shaw is back as the black king of the Hellfire Club. Monet is the white queen. Um, the Psylocke is... Psylocke would be the black queen. Mm-hmm. And then Magneto is the white king. Like, they took precious story time just to give everybody a fucking chess piece title. Yeah. Like old school Hellfire Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But speaking of queens, come October, I come back. Yep. Looking like magic. Mm-hmm. And by magic, I mean Dark Child. And I mean not Tony Braxton's Tony Braxton. producer partner. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> Tony Braxton. I love Dark Child. Because <laughs> at the end of one of the fucking, I forget which X title it is, pops out the fucking redhead. Um, I think, oh, it's got a, it's um From Secret Wars. No, it's uh, which title? The one we were just talking about with Storm and, and Old Man oh, Logan. Extraordinary. 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 I can't keep these fucking titles Wait a minute, straight. so... At the end of Extraordinary, she pops out yeah. in her Old, tattered Madeline Pryor. Oh, Madeline Pryor. The Goblin Pryor, yeah. Queen but is back. It looks like the one from Secret Wars because she's got the Nightcrawler demon in tow. Oh, does she? I oh, believe so. that's oh, right. Maddie's I coming mean, back. Yeah. yeah, and that's going to be apparently in October when they, uh, when they pick that back up. Uh, because at first it didn't – it looked like Madeline because of the red hair, but it looked like Ileana as Dark Child with mm-hmm. the horns. Yeah. So it just it threw me off, and then when I saw the the, uh, the solicits for October, it talks about the Goblin Queen being back. So suck it, Eric. You may be twenty, but I've got the power of limbo behind me. It's true. I'm still sad that I'm not sixteen and not a demon. Yeah. Eric talks about the fact that he's young and pretty again. Yeah. I mean, current real him is dead, but you know, <laughs> he's time displaced. My thing is, is that it, I, 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 I like, I like Maddie. I do, um, but I've always loved magic, and I'm just, I'm so tired of. She's finally got a grasp of limbo. Up, oh, it's gone. Yep, yep. Well, it'll be interesting because now they're doing this whole Sapna, because that was like the the one takeaway from for that book was besides the, the Colossus thing was that Sapna is gonna destroy the world, mm-hmm. and the whole reason that they even got to that point with the with the world was because she destroyed the world. And Apocalypse was the only thing holding it together at that point. Because then Kurt killed him. Or tried to kill him. And then they had to bring him back. And now he's in a weird thing in Forge's laboratory in Limbo. that's what you do. You got a terrible, unstoppable evil... Bring them to your base, put them in the basement. That's always a good idea. Works for the Ultimates, works for the X-Men. Doctor Strange. It's working for the Inhumans. Oh, yeah. That's how you do it. Nothing can go wrong. Nothing. What could go wrong? Ever. So, did you want to talk about the Real quick, hold on. But big things, Death of X. Oh, yeah. Inhumans Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. X-Men. And Resurrection. Resurrection. So, uh, Death of X will explain to us what happened with Cyclops and the Inhumans. and. Where some of the main players have been, like Emma Frost, um, in Humans versus X Men is exactly what it sounds like. The two finally come head to head, and then Resurrection has not been talked about, which we will probably get word of at New York Comic Con. Um, but it has both the X and the Inhumans logo in the um, in, in the, the title. word art for mm-hmm. it. So 
I'm assuming that there's going to be some sort of mutant inhuman hybrid oh, God. that comes out of it oh, God. and somehow manages to make them both sustainable. And not the Beyonder. Uh, <laughs> oh, they kind of beat that already. Um, did you want to talk about the, that, uh, the Alters book or not? Oh, yeah. I have not read it yet. I started it. No, Alters uh, is from Aftershock. It is a story about um, this new superhero named Chalice. And she is an alter, which is this world's um, mutant. Mutant superpower, yeah. Um, in the beginning, everyone was really excited to, to see alters show up. But then bad alters showed up and tried to take over the world. And now have oppressed this sort of like um, fascist rule of law where all alters need to kind of like conscript to this one, I think, Matterman's army. But Chalice is new. Um, she has a secret identity. And the catch is, is that Chalice is transitioning from male to female. Um, and the only time she feels her authentic self is when she is her alter ego, Chalice the superhero, but she hasn't uh, talked to her family at all. Um, there's a lot of like issues you kind of see on the surface of her family. Not that they're not necessarily loving, but you know they're kind of like set in their ways. Uh, it seems really cool. It reminds me of the uh, Ultra Universe before that collapsed, but like yeah. this isn't destined to fail. Uh, it's it's a really cool story. I think it's only going to be five or six issues. And it's a Paul Jenkins book. It's Paul he Jenkins. hasn't done anything really that noteworthy in a while. So that he's doing this transgender-themed superhero book is really cool. And all, uh, Aftershock's the one that does a movie deal if, like, it's first dibs at, at a property. Mm -hmm. That's part of the whole, you know, why people are going to Aftershock and making these uh, projects, yeah. not just image. Because you, you retain your own uh, creative control and all that and, and make money off of it. But then this... I guess like a director or somebody kind of gets first dibs to make movies out of it. Yeah, and um, so that's cool. Good, good capital. Yeah, and this uh, this uh, creative team in particular are people with um, different sexual orientations, different uh, gender identities, or what we've sort of been told. And so I think it's really cool. I think everyone should check it out because we need more like queer sort of uh, storylines and independent books. And I think Alters is a really good start at one of them. Yeah, and I, I'm going to definitely uh, keep up with it. Thanks on your recommendation. Uh, Lila Lies is, uh, I believe, the artist on it, uh, who I don't know their work at all, her work. It's fun. It, it, there's a sense of energy and... Um, sort of like roughness to it, but not a roughness that is ugly by any means. It's just a lot of like it feels unencumbered. So first, before we before we sign off today, uh, huge congratulations to Giselle Barbie Royale. She brought home the title of Miss Continental. So great job Yay. to her. Two years ago, two years ago, Chantal Roche brought home the title of Miss Continental Elite. This year, we had Chantal DeMarco bring home Miss Florida FFI and Giselle bringing home Miss Continental. So great job, great job. A uh, bit of sad news, Alexis Arquette passed away today at the age of 47. Um, hugely visible in mainstream uh, as actor, director, and um, all around just big, important part of our community's history. And last but not least, uh, today marks the 15th anniversary of the September 11th attacks 
on New York and Washington. And, um, yeah, we just want to send out big, um, supportive healing waves. Uh, 15 years still feels like yesterday. Um, I know as a New Yorker who had um, connections to people who um, managed to make it out alive um, and actually 15 years later finding out that I knew people who actually did pass away that year uh, during the attacks. It, um, it's just, it's, it's definitely a very tough time. And we know that with everything that's gone on with Pulse, uh, we're coming up on just shy of three months since that attack. You know, it's, it gets very, um, it's a lot to go through as a country. And, you know, there's a lot of hate and a lot of negativity out there. So big, strong, positive vibes to all of our listeners, those who um, were affected directly or indirectly and know that there are people out there that can help and will help. And a small plug to Two-Spirit Health Services here in Orlando. If you have not sought help or you didn't think you needed to seek out assistance, they are a an LGBT-oriented health service clinic here in Orlando, headed by Dr. Dave Barker Hargrove. Um, and they are uh, doing all of their health and mental wellness services uh, free of charge. So if you think that, okay, I don't have insurance, so I can't go and get assistance or get help, uh, please don't feel that way. Look up Two-Spirit Health Services. It's twospirithealth.org is their website. Uh, give them a call and, um, and talk to somebody because around this time it's especially hard when you have anniversary of, of one and, you know, the three-month anniversary of the other. So just be out there knowing that somebody, somebody cares and somebody's there to listen to you and, um, and seek help. Again, if you liked us, if you like hearing all this stuff, please check us out on Facebook. Like, we share a bunch of stuff throughout the week when we can. Uh, so like the page, see what you enjoy, reshare stuff if, you, if you're if you so inclined. We're also on Twitter, Flame on Podcast on Twitter, uh, and we love seeing people interact with us there. And uh, we will have a live show coming up in New York for New York Comic Con over the week of the 4th, as I mentioned earlier. So if you're in New York area uh, that week for Super Week, well, these call Super Week, for New York Comic Con week, uh, come see us at Rock Bar on Tuesday. And if you're in the San Francisco area the previous weekend, I will be there celebrating yeah, my birthday. Especially Yay. if you're a pocket Brazilian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it Folsom sure. that weekend? It is that weekend. Oh, uh-huh. good God. Are you going to Folsom? I might. Jared. Might. Mm-hmm. I still haven't bought my festive harness yet, though. <laughs> I'm sure well, you know, jelly. our friends Go Bear just opened their store here in Orlando. Okay. Ooh. It's so now you don't have to wait to go to an event to get measured and done up. It's over in the Milk District. Yep. Okay. So wait a minute. What's out. this now? Uh, it's a leather store in Orlando. Our friends Raphael and Sam uh, called Go Bear. Uh, it's a really nice little store. What? Uh, it's uh, actually the front half of Raphael's um, dentistry business. <laughs> Oh, okay. Wait, it's actually in the same oh, place. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. His, his business. Oh, I, I know that. exactly where that is now. I didn't know that. <laughs> his, his business That's took funny. up a lot of room that he didn't found he didn't need necessarily, so he converted the front half into a leather shop. So you can get leather and a root canal all in the same Oh, wow. Thing. I Come love on. It. That's funny. I didn't realize that. Right. Uh, it works. It works. He's already paying Dentistry. for the rent. Dentistry. I thought you said fetistry. I'm like, what the fuck is a fetistry? Fetistry. Well, that would work you for the harness shop. your dungeon? Could be. Yeah. It's a new field. So, um, yeah, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere the finer podcasts are. 
You can find us, listen to us, share us with your friends, and rate and review us on iTunes because they love seeing ratings. And on that note, bye. Um, yeah, bye. Thanks for listening to Flame On, presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audio Boom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. Who the hell is using Google Play? Never mind. Flame On was created by Brian Pittard and is recorded, edited, and produced by Pat O'Rourke. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding through the Patreon network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all your favorite social networks. Grinder, Scruff, I heard there's a thing called Recon, it seems scary. Follow us on at Flame On Podcast, because that's what I decided to call it instead of at Flame On. Twitter, and Flame On Show on Facebook, Tumblr, and all your favorite gay hookup sites. Already said that. If it's gay and geeky, we've got you covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.